All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I am Vince Quinn here with you. And joining me to talk about what was just a really bizarre, crazy, uh, in some ways unexplainable day of NFL football, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network. Cynthia, what's going on? How are you? Uh, Cynthia, can you explain, like, because you're, you're such a good numbers person, but something that I don't know if numbers can do this justice in any way can you explain Tyler Heineke? Uh, Taylor Heineke. I can't even say his first name. Can you explain this guy? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that it goes to show you what the combination of a really good coach, a really good scouting system, a really good teacher in terms of all of the different people involved in teaching him the offense and running the scout team. It, it kind of just shows you how great of a leader Ron Rivera happens to be, like, that's what I what my takeaway is, right? You identify talent, you cultivate that talent, and then in big moments, that talent steps up and performs for you. Yeah, I mean, the guy, he was their fourth-string quarterback, essentially. They almost had their fifth in the game, and there he is throwing touchdowns at the end. Like, that was just, it was just one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. And I guess I, I might as well ask you then, like, if you're Ron Rivera, you're Washington, and now you see this from Taylor Heineke, what do you do about it? You know, I think, it gives you a really good foundation for your future. I mean, that quarterback room has been, you know, for a lot of different reasons, I'm going to use the word a mess. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, a first-round pick, just exited the building. So it's really nice that there is stability there. And I think you take that as a foundational piece because a lot of people underestimate how valuable a backup quarterback is. And I'm not just talking about when they have to come into the game. I'm talking about, when the practice squad, all the, or not the practice squad, but and practice reps and all the different things that are actually required of the backup. So I think that's a really positive moment for them going forward. Yeah, now let me ask you about something else here, because one of the interesting controversial things that happened today was you had the Colts, and at this point uh, they were they had at least eight points to go. They decided to go for two late in the game against the Bills, they didn't get it. Now, a lot of people were scratching their head when Frank Reich made that decision. Do you understand what was going on there? Like, can you explain the idea of going for two when you're down that many points, when you're down eight? Yeah, so ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to set yourself up. When it's all about how much time is left and the, prote- the potential for what could be more possessions, right? So you're, it sounds weird and it feels so hard like when when you when you're in the moment it feels hard when you don't have the like the math and the proof in front of you but what happens is is you know the number of seconds that each play ticks off the clock and how many more are potentially there and the distance that you are from the goal and what could potentially happen it's all about really trying to optimize your point scoring opportunities now we do as outsiders there's a few things that we don't know we don't know who's like 100% healthy or maybe 60% but still playing, right? We don't have that kind of insight, but we do know kind of generally that if you go for more points, you, you make it so that there's fewer possessions necessary to catch up, right? So ultimately, or, or you make it so that you could ensure a lead if you got to a lead, right? So they were taking deep gashes down the field and they were connecting on them. So I think that the thought was probably to try to make that game-changing play as opposed to, you know, it, it felt funny, but the stats do back it up. It, it feels like, uh, but it, it backs it up. Yeah, because yeah, my understanding is it seems to be that, okay, if you still have another, like you've just scored a touchdown, you're still going to have to score another touchdown. You might as well go for two the first time because then that way if you get it, you know you're going into that final drive with a one-point advantage essentially if you score, right? Like that's the philosophy basically? 
Yeah, you, basically it is what you, it is giving yourself the most time possible to react to what you have to overcome, right? Or it, in different times of the game, or build a lead. So in the case of this particular instance, it's go for it then, and then you know understand that on your next drive, you know exactly what you need to do, as opposed to having to make decisions in, later on because then then they know. Like think about it like this. You're going to go for, if you're, like, when you go for something late, they know. If you're, if you're down, if two seconds left, and it's an eight point, what you're going for two, right? Yeah. Whereas if it's kind of a possession earlier, you could, you could not. And then the defense is a bit more off balance. So that's kind of, you know, they're like, oh, is this, what are they doing? Are they going to call time out? Are they going to, are they really going to do this? Are they not? And you could potentially get the, the opportunity for a, a penalty or an offside or something like that. Yeah, so we're talking with Cynthia Freeland, who has great insight on this because she does data science for NFL Network, and, and I appreciate the explanation on that because I know a lot of people were wondering about it. Now, here's the other thing that, that people are, are kind of scratching their heads about. What happened to Russell Wilson? Like, what happened to him today? Yeah, that's a great uh, – you know, I would actually like to know that as well. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, look, when there's a lot of a lot of things that – kind of started to really falter for that Seahawks offense. I mean, obviously DK Metcalf did what he he had to do today in order to make them viable. And that was kind of the question mark a lot of people had because he was lining up against Jalen Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. We saw what happened in the previous matchups, but it wasn't DK Metcalf really. You know, the scheme did not help him. The receivers were not very open at all. This is a great defense, but it's not, it was not, it looked weird. And part of the reason it looked weird is, they could not get any sort of push from their O-line. They were getting pushed back the entire time. Russell Wilson wasn't able to, I'm going to say see, because people weren't open. There weren't, you know, Chris Carson's been injured, and I think that his ability, and if you watch him in pass pro, like when he's blocking, it didn't look right. It didn't look the same. I don't know if he's not, I, I don't have no insight as to his health. I've not spoken to him. This is just merely from watching it. It's not the kind of push he was getting in the beginning of the season. All right, so... Let me ask you this then. Let, let's go now to some of the games tomorrow because I, I know you do the projections of, of Super Bowl odds. And, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting, lo- looking through that, by the way, was I saw your projections have the Ravens over the Titans. So why is that that the Ravens have a better odds of getting to the Super Bowl than the Titans do? So the Ravens, well, first of all, because they have better odds of winning this particular game against the Titans. And second, if you look to see the Titans' defense past five weeks, their pressure rate is garbage. It's like 14% or less, depends on kind of how you calculate it, right? And that is not good when it comes to playoff football, especially when you think about it. Like, they're a team whose strength, their offense is their strength. If your offense is scoring points really consistently, defenses are going to have to pass more in order to keep up with you, right? So if they're facing more passes and they're not able to get pressure on a quarterback, then it's going to be a problem. And that's why you've seen that Titans defense really be vulnerable. Now, I do think this game is going to be closer than maybe you imagined, just kind of given that the Ravens seem to be on a roll and the Titans seem to be sort of like other than Derrick Henry sort of sputtering more than we've seen them sputter in the past. But I think at the end of the day, this one comes down to the fact that that pass rush, you you, you got to be able to stop, you got to be able to make offenses more one-dimensional, and the Titans have not been able to consistently do that. All right, and we're talking with Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network. And, and Cynthia, let me ask you about this, because also in the projections, I saw that Cleveland was last. They, they had the you know, lowest odds of getting to the Super Bowl. So what is it about Cleveland that, that piles up to that? You know, 
I am a big believer in O-line. Like every research, I've done a lot of research, a lot of it's on O-line. And when you're missing a Pro Bowl guard, Joel Batonio, and you're missing and you're a running first team and you're a team that Baker Mayfield splits under pressure and not under pressure are pretty significant, that makes it very hard to kind of get to this first game against a team that has a really good defensive front. And that's the first part. And then the second problem is when you have missing pieces in their secondary, like Denzel Ward, is he playing, is he not? And if he is, is he healthy? We don't know. We've seen the Browns' pass defense be, like, you know, not so great in terms of the back end of it. So it's really, it's not, I want them, I mean, I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not rooting for anyone or whatever, but I'd like them to win. It's not anti-Steelers sentiment at all. It's like pro-Browns. I like the underdog. Like, yeah. I love the story, but it really stinks when you have to contend with all of these different missing pieces and all of this, like, you know, I think Kevin Stefanski will have a fine game plan. I'm not worried about Alex Van Pelt calling plays. That's not my problem. That's not it. It's really that O-line is the strength of this team. It's a fortress. And that O-line really, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. So it w- they would go, if they managed to, as an underdog, upset the Steelers, those, those numbers will significantly go up, assuming everyone comes back healthy. Yeah, and that's the thing. If they can just get through this game, I mean, what Cleveland could do. Get through the game. Right? Yeah, seriously, because I'm with you, by the way. I think the Browns have been so much fun. I'm a huge fan of what Stefanski's done with that team. Like, I, I believe they could really beat anybody. they got to play their best game, but they could beat anybody that's in the playoff field right now. It's just they, they're missing, like, half of the team, it feels like. I know. It just feels like, oh, yeah, this one. Oh, yeah, another one. Oh, oh wait, one more. Oh, wait, okay. It's kind of, like, almost easier to count who's playing rather than who's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tragic, and, and it's so Cleveland in a way, isn't it? It's so Browns. Oh, Listen, I'm from Michigan, and so, like, I got this Lions thing, so I totally understand this, like, horrible feeling when you're like, oh, I'm just gutted. Like, it happens. It happens to the best of us. It certainly does. (laughs) All right, well, Cynthia Freeland does data science for NFL Network. Cynthia, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day watching games. Happy, like, second day in a row of football. What's better than this? Yeah, Super Wild Card Weekend. You got to love it. It's been fun. For sure.